Welcome to Cut to the News Podcast, the weekly podcast from the How to Cut It Network, keeping you on the pulse of the hairdressing and barbering industry with the latest news, stories, and insights. So let's cut to the news with Dom Lehane. My name's Dom Lehane, and welcome to our brand new Cut to the News Midweek. And this is where we delve deeper into the stories that have been making the cut in the hair industry. Today, we're focusing on the recent opening of the Thirst Boots Beauty Store in London, which is now selling leading professional hair care brands. This development has undoubtedly sparked conversations between us all, and it's raised questions about the impact on this in the hair industry. So joining us today to discuss this topic, we have Salve Moulet, who is a director of Academy Salons with five salons and a education academy in Surrey, as well as being the current British hairdressing business director of the year, as well as having Paul Davis here, who is also known as the hair and beauty first aid kit. And with a background as a former salon owner, Paul uses his vast experience and expertise to help his clients navigate their journey to success in the hair and beauty industry. Let's dive into it. Today's Cut to the News Midweeker. Delighted to have you both here, Salve and Paul. Good evening. Hi, guys. So let's kick this one off. Uh, I've sort of led us into this, really. And um, yeah, given the recent opening of the first Boots Beauty Store selling professional hair care brands, how do you believe this will impact the salon business industry and the hair industry at large. And I'll kind of put that to you firstly, Salve. Okay. Um, what I would say, it's it's always been a little bit of a sort of a negative sort of the retail world um, in the hairdressing industry. You know, hairdressers, we're not here to sell, et cetera, et cetera. But what I would say, it's, it's actually showing clients that, it's really needed to keep their looks and their hair style. So I think we've turned it into a bit of a positive, to be honest, within our within our company, um, making sure that the team realise that, you know, if we really do recommend the retail the correct way, that clients will come on board. And if And if that wasn't the case, these stores wouldn't be having it. So we've sort of spun it around that way, if I'm really honest. That's... I've got to be honest, that's quite refreshing to hear a real positive spin on that. What's your thoughts to it, Paul? Well, I mean, I've I've got a huge retail background with my previous hair salon. Um, we were an Aveda exclusive hair salon and we were also a Clarence Gold salon. Now, forgive me if I'm wrong, guys, but I believe both of them are available in John Lewis, Boots and online. And we still turned over in excess of £200,000 a year in retail. So with it comes brand awareness. Brand awareness can lead to um, clients being more desirous of those products. So just because they've gone into a high street retail environment, well, if you were a good salon, you were a high street retail environment anyway. They're not taking anything away from retail. They're actually adding value to retail they're making clients more aware of the brands that are out there i thought it doesn't have to be a negative it'll only be a negative if you think negatively about it but isn't this taken away from our industry something that was deemed so people bought into these professional hair care brands salons brought into this concept that it's professional only 
uh, and you know, in an environment where it's challenging now with retail to have these brands that that hair professionals feel like they're supported and been using to suddenly have this. Surely you could understand that uh, a little bit of frustration coming from them. So what I would say, it's really funny. I've just literally come out fresh of an education session this afternoon. And this is what we spoke about. And I think the positives, it goes back to a positive spin. Yes, there are, there is the negativity, but they can now buy in X, Y, and Z. But what, the way I turn that around is, I would say that that is what percentage of retail are you recommending in your salon, so to speak, now? You know, generally speaking, everyone was around 10, 15%. And I said, and on the opposite of that, I said, look, if you think that these brands are going to survive with 10 or 15% of product sales just in salons, they're not going to survive. They need to bring the product awareness, open it up for everyone else. And that that turns it then into a positive where, yes, they might they may buy it in, let's say, Selfridges or John Lewis. But on the opposite of that, next time when they're in for a consultation and you're speaking about these products, they will buy it from you. As long as your consultation is done correctly, that's pretty much it. And they all tended to agree, if I'm really honest. I think where where we've got to, and, and I think this is the thorny part of the issue, we are people, people. That's we, we deal with people. We like being around people. That's part of the reason why we're hairdressers. And what's happened is we've got people coming into salons who are trying to uh, nurture relationships. That's what they do. They come in and they tell us that we're the best of the best and they only deal with people like us who are working at the pro end. And then they break our hearts and take it away and stick it into mass market sales. And that's the thing that's hurting, Dom. It's not about the money. It's not about the retail. Because yeah. it, the- I, I tell you something else, I'm, I'm, I'm coming in there, Paul, just while you're on that, because I think that's, you know, look, for a, a part of me, I, I can get a little bit of the frustration was how this was communicated, maybe. that There could be question marks about that. Uh, and, you know, look, whether it's the right thing, wrong thing, regardless, but maybe, South, could you, you know, how would you see that communication that you had or, you know, could it have been done better? I think, yes, maybe the communication could have been done better. It it just goes back to, you know, if we remember back, you know, back a few ne- years now, probably pre-COVID, when all of a sudden you could buy professional brands online where you couldn't buy them before from your so-called um, sort of big distributors. It was the same issue then. I remember, I actually remember first hearing about it. It was like we were in lockdown. You know, I got one of my managers gave, literally gave me a call, said, oh, you wouldn't believe it. You know, we now have our brand available online and that was never going to be. And I, it's just the way everything has changed. You know, we have to accept it. We have to make the best of it you know, and find a solution, you know, to the problem. But yes, maybe communicated better, but I think that's a little bit of, you know, like you said, probably a little bit broken hearted from, say, the brands to the hairdresser, a little bit broken heart. You know, they've two-timed us, they've run off with someone else. But the bottom line is really we need to make the most of what they're doing and doing better ourselves. You know, we've added on, like I said to you when I spoke to you last time, you know, on the back of, buying products online we've we now deliver products on Deliveroo 
which is a bit of a crazy thing, I suppose. Most people think it's crazy. But for me, it's about the client, and I can't express that enough. It's convenience for the client. So we need to look after our clients as much as possible. And, you know, your so-called brands can't get a shampoo and conditioner to your client's store in 20 minutes. We can. That's our point of difference. That in itself, self. I've, I've got to say, I've, I've been a long time follower of yours on uh, LinkedIn. Um, really, I've got so much time and respect for what you do generally in business. But this Deliveroo thing, oh, it took my legs away, fella. I mean, that was Joker genius. And anyone I speak to in the industry um, or, or consumers themselves, they're like, oh, do you think that'll come around here? So there's the question for yourself. How long before you take it nationwide, my friend? <laughs> well, I don't think that's going to be soon, but, um, you know, we, we have got exclusivity uh, to, you know, seven kilometres radius of all our salons, you know, but it's not really about taking it, you know, national for us. For us, it goes, but honestly, it goes back to giving the service to the client. That's all, honestly, we care about, you know, keeping them in our, the ring of, you know, looking after them because they will walk past, they will buy products. You know, yes, they may buy them, like we said, in John Lewis or Selfridges, but that's convenience. You know, you win some, you lose some. It's as simple as that. But consistency is definitely key. It's it's really interesting because I think the old maxim goes that, um, you know, you keep your friends close and your enemies closer. And and our enemies used to be, uh, they used to be the the big corporate um, uh, brands that, that were coming into us and they would wheedle their way into our confidence. And I wonder now, is is that is that still something that we want to do or do we want to keep them at arm's length and, and say, well, actually, I'm going to look at more niche brands now or... Is-, is that what's going to start to happen? Is that what's going to happen? You know, because, you know, we're all there on social, aren't we? We're all seeing... You know, people saying, I'm moving my brand. I'm going to go to a smaller brand. Do you think that's going to happen? I think that's that's a big question. Now, I was literally just speaking to a friend of mine that's in the same in our industry, literally about half an hour ago on the phone talking about brands. And it goes back to the same thing. Or you're a strong retail and salon or you're not. You know, do you want 10% of quarter of a million pound or do you want 30% of 100 grand? You know, that's what I would say. Right. So it, it and it there's not a right or wrong answer, if I'm really honest. You know, you've really got to see the interest of where you're taking your business, you know, and your beliefs in your business. So there's not a right or wrong. There's not a quick answer. It's just you've got to do what's best for your business. I, I'm, I ju- I'm just going to put this out there, actually. Sorry. And uh, Do you think it's going to cheapen? Uh, the hair care brands are professional hair care brands because it's gone into boots. You know, there, there was one, um, one brand, I won't name them, but uh, they, they were a professional brand back in the eighties. And, and then everybody now uses that brand. You, you, it begins with a T that's all I'll say. Uh, and, and it kind of just cheapened that. And, you know, is that going to have an effect on all the salons? Because we use our professional brands and, you know, I know, uh, the brands that have gone in there, they're, they're wonderful brands. They have pioneering technology, some of the greatest products. But I worry, is this going to have a, a negative impact? I know you said at the start, Ollie, that this could be good for the brands, but I wonder, is it going to cheapen it? But, but when you say cheapen it, does that mean that people will look at it in a lesser way or does it just make it more affordable? And if if you look at like other business models, the, the, the fastest growing supermarket chain in the country, I believe, is Aldi or Lidl. 
pile them high, sell them cheap. But actually, no one's turning around and saying that the quality's bad. They're actually saying with some of, some of their lines, the product is really, really good. They're just really inexpensive. And then, so do we double down and sell more? I don't. As long as when brands sell out, as long as they're not cheapening the products, I don't mind if the price comes down. Because it comes down for it comes down for us as it, as well as it does the consumer. So it, it depends how we will not be able to buy in that same amount of bulk, will we? Uh, that uh, a boots and Amazon. So our, our you know what we can charge is going to have to be slightly higher. So we're going to have to surely we're going to have to up our game in our service self. Is, is, is this what we do? That's is that well? I think that's you know. Maybe not going into it too much. Funny enough, I've got a big manager's meeting tomorrow, but that's one of the subjects that we've got on our agenda. It's do we need to change what we've been doing for the past 5, 10, 15 years because everything else has changed? And the answer to that is yes. So do we need to have an inclusive package where you come into the salon, you have your hair cut, you have your colour, okay, and the products go with it? You know, that is, you know, I'll tell you guys first, that's where we're looking at going before, you know. That's so it's before. part of the bill package then? Part so. of the package. Because I've, I think what happens, nice. like cli- clients are spending, you know, with us, and I know it changes up and down the country, but a cu- colour and a cut, you're talking near sort of £300. Do you really want them to what, shampoo their hair with a, a product that's not going to be good for the hair and then make your service looking adequate because it is so easy to actually just put those products into that service package when, when you're looking at sort of 300 and then you're putting another 30 pound or, or whatever that may look like yeah that's kind of hidden away isn't it and and i guess it's how we maybe package it up but it's it's more it's, it's not even like hiding hiding it away for us it's making sure that they know it's in there the reason we've put it in there is for x you know you, you can opt out of it you can use your own brand but if we want to guarantee our colour to make sure that it does last for a certain or condition, you know, you can go down any, any line, can't you? Any type of service. Add, added value. But to guarantee it, added value, exactly. It's the, it's the easiest way to, to push products out. Yeah. In my opinion, anyway. Yeah. No, no, no. Is it going to change consumers' buying behaviour as well? Do you think it will change that when they come to sell it? Because we can't ignore it. We all hear it. Sal, Paul, you work with hairdressers around the UK. They say, well, they'll buy it online anyway. Is this just another hit where that consumer behaviour is going to be? That's not consumer behaviour. It's lazy hairdressing. So if you don't care enough for the person sat in your chair and they don't care for you because it's clear that there's no rapport, there's no relationship, retail or offering retail is just a sign of care. It's not, it's not about sales. It's about care. And if that level of care is there, they're going to want to buy it from you because they trust you. If you can't be bothered to have the right professional conversation, if you can't be bothered to make the right recommendation, then sure. They, you know, they, they saw it on the site. Oh, what's that there? Oh, it's a bit of jollop. Oh, oh, can I just take a picture of that? Because you weren't having a professional conversation because you were talking about their poorly cat's paw from the last visit. How did they get on at the vet? Did they, is, is you get, you're all right now. It's not a professional. 100%. So if, if we do things professionally with love, with care, with thought, with integrity, 
They'll want to buy it from us when they don't. I'd buy it from you, fella. Right, Edward. You know, I think what Paul's saying is, like I said, completely right. You know, I've just had 18 sort of under under 24-year-olds all day and these conversations were there all along. Oh, yeah, but they can buy here, they can buy there, or they can buy it cheaper here. You know, we have a price match. That helps. You know, I'll, I'll buy it online, but we can price match. So, okay. and look, Sal, you, 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 and Paul, you're both you're smart business guys. You've had, Paul, I know you've had a hugely large, successful salon. Retail was massive part of it. Sal, I know you had that with your five salon. Why do you think your salon is good at this? What is it that you're doing? I, I would say from my point of view, education and consistency. You need to have a good consultation. You know, clients trust you. They, they come into your salon because they trust you. They come to you because they trust you. You know, yes, like we said, they might be a little bit cheaper online. If you explain to the client that those online products, one may not be real. You know, it's got to be pros and cons. It's about finding the balance. You know, we do um, a refill service. We can't buy that online. How does that work? You know? So refill service, they'll buy the product from us first. They'll... um Obviously, use it up the second time. They bring the old bottle back, and we refill the product. And would that be the professional uh, haircare, uh, the, the brands that uh, we're talking, exactly. the, big, the big name brands that you can do this with? There's no yep. problem in breaking them down into. No, you know, because we've purchased the products, we've never had an issue. We've been doing it, and it's very recyclable. It's very green, isn't it? Exactly. So one, you know, and honestly, it's really helped. If I'm honest, I call them our sort of young graduates, sort of junior stylists in building confidence and getting rid of the, oh, it's too expensive. Well, all of a sudden, it's only expensive once. So if you've bought it once expensive and then we can refill it 40% cheaper, well, that price, you can't buy it online. Why do we struggle as hair professionals, Paul, to get excited by retail? Is it And, and actually talking about products, why are we not doing something that's so part of what our professional job is? It's so easy, Tom. It's so easy. Think about the journey that a young person coming into the career goes through. They're under 16 years old. Mum and dad or guardian, whoever, has paid for their haircut and whatever shampoo they're going to use and has already instilled a mentality in, no, you're not having any shampoo from there, just so I'll get you something from Tesco's, it's cheaper. And then they come into the industry as an apprentice. I don't know how your uh, model works, South, but I'm sure they get some amount of free hairdressing or heavily discounted hairdressing. They get a staff discount on products if they want to trade themselves to that. And it, But always they've, they've got a mentality of when they look at their client bill, damn, that looks expensive to anything they've experienced in their life. And so it's – I think South absolutely hit the nail on the head. It's all about education and education from day one. It's not about, don't, don't consider the money. Are we small time in what we bring to the brands? Because I'm only just bringing out things that I'm hearing out there. You know, we don't bring in a lot of money to these big corporation companies. The salespeople will always get as close to you as possible. They'll promise you the earth until the the earth is become unattainable anymore because they sold it to somebody else. I don't think it's our industry, Tom, I think. But, yes, it would be lovely to think that we have these amazing relationships. I could tell you a story about a top, top, top um, electrical brand 
who I used to do an awful lot of business with at one point, and we had a, a disagreement over the way they changed um, their offering to us, the, the added value that they gave to us as salons. And um, and I said, I'm really unhappy about that, and I'm not sure that I'm going to continue to uh, do business with you. You know what? The next thing I know, I'd lost my invitation to the golf day. I was furious, Dom. Lost my invitation to the golf day. All because I questioned them. And that that was it. And 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 that's how good friends you are until you're of little value. Now we're not friends anymore. And and I think it's the same in any industry, but yeah, the big you must you must have some big deals, um, sell five salons and an academy. That we, we get people knocking on our doors all, all the time. And it's about it goes back to, you know, I'm a strong believer in goals, what you want to achieve, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, we've got our path. What we try and do is stick to our path. And like you just said, and I'm not saying all the brands are the same, so that's not really fair, but you need to choose that brand that's going to get you on the journey of where you want to be, you know, and you are right. I think all brands want you on board for, at, at whichever cost until you're on board. And then all of a sudden the other brand wants you on board because you're not on board anymore. But that's just human nature. You know, uh, that's, uh, we can't that's forget business, at the end of the day, these brands need to make great money because Correct. great money needs, you know, none of us are doing this all for charity. No, you know, exactly. the, the development of the leading brands is what I would probably say is is what makes them stand out and lead the market because of technology and how they're continually improving and i know a lot of these big brands that have gone into boots really do invest in the professional side of the industry yeah and, uh you know with with business you know, courses continual development these are the things that they are doing and maybe the big brands could start to in- introduce a little more uh, boutique brands you don't know what's in the planning you know there exactly. could be these exactly. that maybe are coming that we don't know about maybe this is yeah because let's be totally honest i mean there's probably a lot of stock sat around that needs to be sold it, it can't be sat in warehouses and, and in containers they cost a lot of money for brands and companies so they need to shift these products and these things probably don't get talked about either but that's the you know that's business yeah i i, I think i think that's absolutely right and and you can't forget, although it's probably a massively long shelf life, everything's got a shelf life, and if they can turn them over, it's brilliant. I'm interested to, to hear, Salvo, I know it's still early days, but have you noticed that um, Deliveroo has had a really positive effect on your retail offering? De- definitely a positive effect. Honestly, it's like when we set this got this up with like my retail manager, we had a, we had a bit of a you know thing about it, and I... Everyone thinks in my within my company. Everyone thinks I'm mad. I come up with mad ideas all the time. I get it every Tuesday morning at a manager's meeting. They think I'm a little bit crazy, but so we set this up. It took you know a good couple of months to get it up set up properly. You know we tested it. We went for it. You know, and we were all all five salons were waiting for this thing to beep first. And funnily enough, I was here at head office when it happened. And it, my head office is you know above one of one of our salons. And the excitement this caused for our first order, honestly, it was just worth doing it just for that. You know, we, you know, honestly, just for that, it was worth doing. The scooter was outside within seven minutes. 
you know, and then and the product was delivered in less than 20 minutes to the door. And somebody answered the door and they said, I ordered a double burger. They <laughs> <laughs> so, brought me so double yes, shampoo. It's, it's, you know, for us, it's not going to be, you know, you're not going to get hundreds and hundreds, but it goes back to it's a service that we have there for a client. So the excuse, I call them excuses. We call, we call it blame. We call it blame culture. Oh, my client didn't want it. She's going to buy it next time. All of that nonsense. You know, that's their last sign. Just so you know, you can buy it online. And it gets to your door in twenty minutes. Yep. And 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 this is this is another big thing. I think that we have to identify and people rather than like you say, it's just oh poor me, poor me, and the brand did this, the brand did that. Actually, what did you do? What did you do to pivot your business? What did you do to make a difference to the way that retail operated in your in your salon? What positive choices did you make? What positive change did you make? Because what was it? What was the worst thing that was going to happen, self? If it didn't work, nothing, nothing. But you tried, and, and it's been a success. Everyone yeah. in the industry is just you know, taking their metaphorical hat off to you, sir, because it's uh, innovative and groundbreaking. So maybe we have to look inside ourselves and stop looking at the brands and saying, "Hey, Mister L'Oreal, what are you going to fluff me up with this week?" Why don't you fluff yourself up? Do something, yeah. do something positive. Make a change. Oh, and what would you say, Salve, as we, we come to the end? Well, I would say, look, there's always been a lot of negativity around the retail business. But like Paul just said, you've got to make the best of that situation. It's not all positive. You know, you were talking about figures. You know, we, we did about 300 grand's worth at the moment of turnover in products. People will buy products. You know, we just need to, in Paul's words, fluff it up so they understand that it's beneficial for them. That's what I would say. So, yeah, just, you know, things have changed. Just stop talking about the past. Let's talk about how we're moving forward. So it's all about the future, isn't it? It's about, so, and we should be positive about, about retail. Yes, definitely. 100%. Or- Awesome. Well, absolutely brilliant. Brilliant, fellas. I think we could go so much more into this, but I'm going to be really strict on time. It's absolutely brilliant. Uh, Time fly by. If people want to hit you up a little bit more um, on Instagram, just give you a a mention out where they can find you both. Yeah, brilliant. So I'm just literally at South Mule. Cool. Easy. Uh, M-U-L-E. Yep. Yep, I'm I'm out there on Instagram. I've I've just I've just set up Hair and Beauty First Aid Kit, um, so you can check out the website hairandbeautyfirstaidkit.com. Um, Instagram at Hair and Beauty uh, First Aid Kit. Uh, hopefully, you don't have to type it too many times. A lot of letters in there, and I realise that. There's a Facebook. Well, follow me on LinkedIn. Um, you'll notice that on LinkedIn, all I'm doing is um, keep. Keep giving Salva a pat on the back because he just seems to be knocking. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, um, so any of those, Aaron Beauty first aid kit. Thank you, Paul and Sal, for joining me on today's episode. Now, be sure to join us every Friday when we bring you the headline and bite-sized news stories that are making the cut in this ever-evolving hair industry. So to make sure that you never miss our Friday and midweek episodes of Cut to the News, then subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast from. That's it then for today. I want to say thank you for tuning in and I look forward to catching up with you on Friday. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Cut to the News with Dom Lehane, a podcast produced and published by the How to Cut It Network. 
a hair professional network, podcasts and community at howtocutit.com.